today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Then the question to me was, is whenever I hear the word of God, whenever somebody speaks of Jesus, whenever I dive into God's word, does that drive me to action? Does the word of God drive you to action? Does the hearing of the name of Jesus produce an action in you? Does it make you want to go and follow him? Does it make you want to serve him? Does it just draw your heart to Jesus? Because you guys got to remember that Jesus is the Word of God. In the scripture passages Pastor Eric will be teaching on today, we see the disciples acting immediately to Jesus' commands. We need to ask ourselves as we read His words, do we respond in the same manner? And if we don't, why don't we obey Jesus like the first followers of Jesus did? Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message entitled, Qualities of a Disciple, Part 1. We're going to be in the book of John this morning, John chapter 1 verses 35 through 51, and believe it or not, we're going to attempt to get through chapter 1 of John. We've been camping out for a few weeks now here in John, but it's been a great time, and the Lord's been ministering to our hearts. And so, as we turn there, John chapter 1, verse 35 is where we're going to start. So the last two weeks, you guys, we've been looking at the testimony of John the Baptist. And John proclaimed five ground-shaking statements of truth to those who are around and then also to us as the readers of today in the Word of God. He proclaims these statements of truth concerning Jesus Christ. Number one, that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Number two, Jesus takes away the sins of the world. Praise God. (laughs) Number three, Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Number four, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit, gives us God's character and his attributes to the people who believe in his name. And then finally, the fifth thing that John proclaimed and gave witness to was that Jesus is the Son of God. So today, as we move forward, we're going to see in the remaining part of chapter one, we're going to see what it looks like to be a disciple. What are the qualities of a disciple? And so this morning, that's, if you're a note taker, that's what I titled the message, Qualities of a Disciple. Qualities of a Disciple. But what is a disciple? I'm sure many of you heard the term disciple. We say, oh, the disciples follow Jesus. Well, what are they? Who are they? Well, a disciple is a student or a follower of a teacher. He or she believes in the message that the teacher is teaching. So that is what a disciple is, is a student, a follower of someone or something. So what makes up a good disciple? Well, that's what we'll look at this morning. Let's start out by reading verses 35 through 37. I titled this section, Hearing Equals Action. Hearing Equals Action. Verse 35, again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. So here we see that again the next day. Meaning what? Again the next day. Well, we just got done reading in verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Well, after Jesus was baptized... In the other Gospels, it shows that Jesus was then driven out into the wilderness. So that was like, again, I was reading this, I'm like, again the next day, I thought Jesus went out to the wilderness. 
But the verbiage, the writing that John writes again the next day, he is speaking about that same day. Okay, so again the next day, John sees Jesus still walking, and he goes to, and he says, "Behold, the Lamb of God." Now, John the Baptist had followers. He had people who followed him, and these two guys that were following him heard him say that. And once they heard him say that, what did they do? They followed Jesus. The words of John the Baptist that the men heard were put into action. Then the question to me was, is whenever I hear the word of God, whenever somebody speaks of Jesus, whenever I dive into God's word, does that drive me to action? Does the word of God drive you to action? Does the hearing of the name of Jesus produce an action in you? Does it make you want to go and follow him? Does it make you want to serve him? Does it just draw your heart to Jesus? Because you guys got to remember that Jesus is the word of God. And so a quality of a disciple of Jesus is to be a hearer and a doer of the word of God. See, James writes to believers and says this. He says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Then he continues in verse 25, he says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. In order to receive God's word and to put it into action, one must hear it. And we have ears to hear, yes, but do you have ears in your heart to hear the word of God? Just like these two disciples heard God's word, they heard God speaking through John the Baptist by John proclaiming a word of truth by saying, Behold the Lamb of God. That sparked in their hearts to go do something, to go follow Jesus Christ. They were doers of the word. They wanted to follow Jesus. But in order to receive the word and to have it sit in our hearts so that we would become doers of the word, we must receive the word in humility. Just as James was writing, receive the word with meekness. These two disciples of John received the word, Behold the Lamb of God in humility. And that humility produced an action. They followed Jesus. Hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, as the Lord speaks to our hearts, do we receive it with a humble heart? The word of God, if received with a heart of humility, then will produce an action for God. Why is that? Because it's not about you. It's about the Lord speaking in you and lifting you up and encouraging you and building you up. And then your focus is upon him and his kingdom. Therefore, the word that is implanted in your heart is going to drive you to action. Pretty amazing. Continuing on in verse 38 through 40. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi which is to say, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. 
they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And so here in this section, we see a heart of they wanted to be taught. Teach us, right? Jesus is walking, and these guys heard John the Baptist speak, saying, Behold the Lamb of God. And these guys say, I'm going to start following Jesus. And so so they're following, right? Jesus. And so Jesus turns. It's like, what do you guys want? What do you seek? And the response that the two men gave was, Rabbi. Rabbi. Which means teacher. Teacher. Where are you staying? And so Jesus then says, come and see, come and find out. So the two disciples came and saw where Jesus was going and where he stayed, and they remained with him for the day and for the evening. Because all this took place about the fourth hour, or the tenth hour. And the tenth hour in the Jewish time frame is about four o'clock p.m. So they went and they spent time with Jesus. Now we also learn that one of the disciples' names was Andrew. He was the brother of Peter. And we all know who Peter is, right? Okay, this is his brother, Andrew. So Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. Now he is following Jesus Christ. Notice that the other disciple's name wasn't given. But I truly believe that it was probably John, the one who was writing the gospel. Because if you look, and we will see in our study through the book of John, that John never wrote his name in there. He will always say the beloved one, or the one who Jesus loved. So I truly believe that this would have been John. But it doesn't say that, so you can come to your own conclusion. That's just my conclusion. So they came, they followed And they saw where Jesus was remaining. Now Jesus turned and saw these guys following him. I mean, if somebody was following you, wouldn't you stop and say, what do you want? Well, what were they seeking, you guys? They were seeking truth. They were seeking God to teach them, Jesus to teach them. Because why would they even follow this man? Well, because of what was said by John the Baptist. Behold, the Lamb of God. And so if you're hearing those words, it drove them to go find out who the Lamb of God was. And instantly they wanted to be taught by Jesus. So they spent the day with him. So the next quality of a disciple is that they are teachable. Because you remember, as Jesus says, what do you seek? Their response is rabbi. And rabbi means teacher. They wanted to be taught by Jesus. Are you teachable? Really, are you teachable? Do you have a teachable spirit? Who does God teach? God teaches those who are humble. Those who are humble and seeking the Lord. These guys were humble, weren't they? 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And many times we can get this idea that we can read all these Christian books, we can be all knowledgeable, we can listen to all these sermons on the radio, and we can be filled with knowledge. And then we want to just portray that knowledge to all those who are around us. But the thing is, is as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you must continue to have a heart to learn. And to be taught, because here's the fact, we do not know it all. 
In fact, we need Jesus every single day to pour into us and teach us because we don't know. And it's easy to come to our own thoughts and our own conclusions, but God tells us in his word not to rest on our own understanding, but trust in the Lord. And so we need to trust in God's teaching. We must have that humble heart and receive God's words. We need him to teach us. And God teaches those who are humble, not those who are prideful, because those who are prideful think that they know it all. A disciple is humble. Well, how does God teach? Well, God teaches through his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. How does God teach us? Through the word of God. When we're reading the word, God is teaching us his ways. And God wants us to learn. Did you know that? That God wants you to learn about him? Because he spoke... Through Peter, the Holy Spirit gave Peter this to write in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. God wants you to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. And then in Proverbs, it says this in Proverbs 9.9, instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Do we have that heart and desire? Are we humbled to receive God's word? Are we willing to learn more? Or are you good and content with what you've already learned? Are you good with just reading it once through, and now you know what the Bible says? But our heart should long for God's word. We should long to be taught by him. And what is the outcome of being taught by God? In Psalm 1, Three, I got to share this passage with the kids in chapel, the homeschool co-op group on Friday. It says this in Psalm 1, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So what is the outcome of God teaching us? Well, you're planted like a tree, You're not like a little weed, as one of the kids says, weeds just fly out so easily, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But a tree has roots. And when you're getting taught, when you have that teachable spirit, God is going to grow you into this solid tree, and you'll be planted by living water. Well, who's the living water? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to continue to feed you, and you are going to be grounded, and when the the trials and the winds and the storms come, guess what's not going to happen to you? You're not going to get uprooted because you have a strong foundation of God's Word. Joshua heard that same blessing of being taught and having a teachable spirit straight from the mouth of God. God said this in Joshua 1. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Note this is God speaking to Joshua. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe and do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn away from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it in in day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. What is the outcome of being taught by God? Good success and being prosperous. Not financially, but within your soul. (laughs) And so here is a straight benefit of being taught by God and having a teachable spirit. If you're prideful and you don't want to be taught, you're going to miss out on this blessing. The outcome of a teachable spirit, you are planted, you will produce fruit, and you will prosper and have good success. Who will teach you? Well, God will teach you. But Jesus answered this question in John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all things that I have said to you. This day and age, we don't have Jesus physically with us, but we do have the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will guide you into all truth. But how many of us ask the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's character to teach us? We need Him because we don't understand without Him. If you are understanding without Him, then you're understanding in your flesh. And that's going to result in nothing except for pride. But the Holy Spirit teaching you is going to grow you and plant you, and you will have good success for the kingdom of God because it's God who's teaching you. I don't need man to teach me. I need God to teach me. To be teachable, you must have humility. Again, humility plays a part into being a disciple. You must be humble. Is the Spirit of God teaching you? Is the Holy Spirit teaching you? Are you allowing Him to teach you? Or even do you even want Him to teach you? I pray that you do. I pray that you do. Continuing on in verse 41 through 42, we see our next quality. It says, then, as Andrew and the other disciple were with Jesus, we now pick up in verse 41, and he says, He, meaning Andrew, first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So here Andrew has gone out and found his brother. Remember I said his brother was Peter, but his name was uh, Simon. But later on, it was changed to Peter. And so he goes and he finds Peter and he tells him, Hey, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. Then Andrew physically takes his brother to Jesus. Now please note that verses 41 and 42, they have come after the 40 days. Because in the other three Gospels, as I earlier mentioned, was led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And so in this time, Andrew must have been talking all about his encounter with Jesus that day. And so as they were together, they were just sharing, which is truly amazing because we were talking about this yesterday in men's Bible study. And I told one of the brothers, I'm like, yeah, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. A little bit about the discipleship of Andrew and Peter and how Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. But as the Gospel of Matthew says in chapter 4, that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. So we know that this had to have taken place. This conversation had to have been after the 40 days because there's no other way that Andrew could bring Peter to Jesus 
during that time of out in the wilderness. Now, Jesus is walking by, you guys. So now he's back, he's walking by, and as Andrew and Peter were talking, Jesus is walking by. If you look in the other Gospels, then Jesus comes to them and calls out to them, Hey, come follow me, right? And they leave their nets immediately and come follow Jesus. Well, as they were doing that, Andrew tells his brother about Jesus beforehand. Then they must have seen, this is just my, my interpretation of it, they must have seen Jesus walking by and then hearing him out and saying, hey, this is the guy. And then physically taking Peter over to Jesus so that he could see him. And then Jesus says, you are Simon, the son of Jonah, and you shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. See, the amazing thing about a disciple is a disciple tells others about his or her teacher and then takes others to the teacher. That's exactly what Andrew did. He was telling about Jesus. He was telling about the one who he followed for that day. He was telling him about that, saying that we have found the Christ. And then he didn't stop there. He physically took him over to Jesus. That is a disciple, one who takes them to the teacher. Are you telling others about Jesus? Are you telling others about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Christ, the one who takes away the sins of the world? And then, going a step further, are you bringing people to Jesus? And I was thinking about this, you guys, and it's been, I was trying to think of the last time I invited somebody to church. And I've got the privilege of the pastor of the church. When's the last time I invited somebody to the church? It's been a long time. When's the last time you invited somebody to church? When's the last time you asked somebody to come and hear God's word? And so as I was thinking about this, I, I want to throw a challenge out to us. It's like this coming week, invite somebody to church. Invite somebody to come to receive God's word, to receive uh, the knowledge of the Lord through the Bible. Invite them to women's Bible study. Why do we have to be quiet about it? A disciple is one who tells about their teacher and then invites them to come learn and meet the teacher. Yes, we don't have Jesus here physically, but we have him through the Holy Spirit and through his word. And so we can bring people to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus commands us to do this, you guys. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Jesus wants us to do this. As a disciple of Christ, this is what we are supposed to be doing. Is telling people about Jesus, bringing them to Jesus. Going a step deeper, though, how many of us believers tell each other about the Holy Spirit and what he brings? Do we leave that part of God out? I hope not. How we can tell each other how the fire of the Holy Spirit, how he brings you into boldness, and how he gives you the gifts, and how he gives you just these amazing attributes of God. How many of us tell witness of the Holy Spirit to one another? No, they might get offended. It's not the thought process that should be going through our hearts. A disciple must be willing to share and take others to their teacher. We hope the words Pastor Eric shared have encouraged you to learn even more about our Savior and seek His love and hope for your own life. 
Jesus has the power to change every person's life, wiping sin away and giving back a full life of love and grace. If you'd like to know more about Jesus and how you can have a personal relationship with Him, we'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 520-723-7047. That number again is 520-723-7047. We have much to share with you about Jesus, and we'd like to join you in prayer as you begin your journey of faith. One thing we'd encourage you in right away is to find a local church in which to get involved. If you are in the Coolidge, Arizona area, we would be thrilled to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Come join us for a time of worship and studying verse by verse through the Bible. You can find our weekly service times, church address, and directions through our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll also be able to read more about Pastor Eric, our church family, and what we believe. That website again is gracetothehearers.com. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. We're so glad that you joined us, and we hope you'll continue to be blessed throughout your day. Tune in again as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, right here on Grace to the Hearers.